Good morning. This is John Halsman with our flagship Around the World in 20 Minutes podcast, where we try to make sense of the beguiling new world we find ourselves in. And I always hesitate to do any of these on Donald Trump because he's so polarizing. One third of you will be screaming um, and sending me hate mail if I say anything positive about the former president, which I certainly feel particularly in his foreign policy, where he was a disruptor in a positive way, um, and seeing that the Middle East shouldn't be the center of American foreign policy when he demanded that our allies actually pay their way in Europe, which has been a dysfunctional relationship for several generations, and where he rightly, and I think probably his most positive historical accomplishment, was to target that China was the new superpower rival in our new era. Remember, before Trump, this was very much in doubt. A lot of people didn't think this. After Trump, everybody, Democrat, Independent, Republican, thinks this. And China is rightly seen as a superpower adversary. And Trump accomplished all that. On the negative side, many of you will scream at me because I have deep Jeffersonian concerns about his grasp of the Constitution. He's the only president in sitting history who uh, challenged the result of an election. In the end, all of them went quietly when they had to for the greater good. And anybody who's followed Trump's narcissistic career knows that he wasn't going to go quietly for the greater good. And this inability to put the country ahead of himself and to, in the face of all facts to the contrary, to say that the election was somehow stolen last time when he lost cleanly and clearly to Joe Biden, um, I, leads me to have grave concerns about him, as those of you who have been reading me know. So I think I get this right in political risk terms and that I am neither a cheerleader nor am I a, an apologist for former President Trump. I think his presidency had a number of successes it wasn't given credit for. I do think the deep state, which is all center left, if not far left, and I lived in Washington, I can speak to this from my own personal experience. I never went to a newsroom where, other than Fox, where a majority of the people in the newsroom voted Republican. And in fact, most of them had never voted Republican. Um, the institutions of the deep state tend to be democratic-leaning. The Council on Foreign Relations, I'm a made man in mafia terms there, which is the most prestigious foreign policy institution in the world, is overwhelmingly democratic and Wilsonian in nature. And all this is true, and Trump isn't given credit by these folks who don't share his ideological proclivities. But on the other hand, as a Jeffersonian, I have grave concerns constitutionally about what he's done and how he acts. So I think that puts me uniquely in a position to actually comment on him, because we can't do political risk in the United States without talking about Donald Trump, and we can't talk about the Republican Party without doing so, and yet the noise gets in the way of the analysis now, and I don't want that to happen. So I wanted to very clearly lay out my position as to what Donald Trump is for good and for ill, and I have strong feelings about both, um, and I think, I think that's very, very important to lay out. Sorry about that. It's a busy day. Um, so what does this mean for Donald Trump's the raid on his house? And why do I think this is going to backfire? Well, there are a number of reasons this will backfire, but let's start with the context. If you looked at the polling, the January 6th committee hearings actually moved the needle some, to some extent about how Republicans felt about Donald Trump. And remember, this is the important point, that Donald Trump, when he left office, remained the most popular Republican in Gallup polling in modern history, a fact that Democrats don't understand and Republicans often take for granted. But it's worth mentioning this here. Donald Trump is more popular leaving the White House than was Ronald Reagan, Dwight Eisenhower, 
Theodore Roosevelt, the greats of the Republican Party in the 20th century, and Trump was far more popular. So the party remained strongly allied to him. This has slipped a little bit as time has gone on, and this is a natural progression. And then the January 6th hearings moved the needle within the Republican Party by six or seven points as people began to wonder if they were trapped in a bad marriage with Donald Trump and if another candidate might be better to take Trumpism on. And in fact, there has been a candidate who has emerged. Uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is polling at over 20 percent among likely Republican voters in the primary. Trump is still far ahead, but they're the only two candidates in double digits. But what DeSantis offered was Trumpism without the baggage, Trumpism without Trump. Um, he's Yale educated, served in the military, uh, kept Florida open during COVID, refused to shut it down to its economic betterment, and was seen as a continuation of the president's policies without all the noise. And this was likely to attract the independent voters that you need in order to win the presidency. Because the other fact is that while Donald Trump remains phenomenally popular with the Republican Party, independent voters since January the 6th are frightened by him and have not returned to the fold. They've made up their minds about him. And in fact, you could argue that the only man out there that Joe Biden might be able to beat in a presidential race would be Donald Trump which is an irony not lost on the White House at the moment. But the grip upon the party was loosening somewhat, and DeSantis certainly is emerging as a viable alternative, Trumpism without Trump. And then we have the raid of the Justice Department upon Trump's house at Mar-a-Lago just yesterday. And I think that this will really backfire. Ironically, this makes it more likely that Trump runs for the presidency and quickly makes himself the center of attention again. Republicans have been begging him to hold off on announcing until after the midterms because they don't want Trump involved in people's votes over the midterm elections, which might really screw up, which otherwise looks like a fantastic Republican year coming up. Our, our firm, which got the last election pitch perfect, we called the House, we called the Senate at a 50-50 tie down to the senator and a close but clean Biden victory. We got it perfectly right. And these are the same guys making the current predictions. And I think that's important to look at the call rate, as you know, and as opposed to my opponents who wish you'd forget it. I think if you look at it, the Republicans are likely to gain upwards of 30 seats in the House. The Senate remains too close to call, but the House is a done deal for the Republican Party. But whether that number goes up or down is to some extent dependent on Trump. And the more he's out of the conversation and the more we're talking about the failures of the Biden administration, the better for Republicans, particularly inflation. No one can argue that there was high inflation under President Trump. This is Biden's own crisis, and it's the number one issue affecting Americans today. In every polling, some 70 percent of Americans in polling list inflation as the number one concern. The second concern a mile back is COVID at around 10 percent. And everyone or a plurality of people blame Biden first and foremost for this. Uh, secondarily, the Fed, uh, both of which are left wing government institutions, run by the Biden apparatchiks. So Biden owns inflation. And that's how the Republican elite would like to keep it. They don't want Trump on the field yet because he's likely to polarize and might cut down on that majority in the House. And yet Trump had just about been seen off to do this after, though he's chomping at the bit by all accounts. And I know people in the campaign and they, they certainly say this.
that he's chomping at the bit to declare concerned about the slight erosion and support and aware that DeSantis is emerging as a credible challenger. But he just about was going to hold off. Now, after the raid on his house, it's far less likely that the president holds off. Rather, he may want to get out there ahead of all this and announce he's going to run and use the sympathy gained by the raid on his house, which is certainly overreach, if it is as it seems to be, um, a search for documents the president may have taken, which he shouldn't have with him. Although this is a crime, it's a rarely, rarely used statute. And the National Archives alerted the DOJ to this. The Justice Department asked for 15 boxes back. The president may have taken some with him. But this is, this is a traffic ticket fine. This is not abuse of power. This is not an insurrection. This is not the Nixon administration. This is not, in fact, the Clinton-Obama people weaponizing the deep state to go after Donald Trump. This is nothing along that level of severity. And so to hit him up in so draconian a manner for such an odd, esoteric, and frankly not all that important in comparison to what the stakes are politically um, outcome, the attorney general has left himself open to the charge that he's swatting at a fly with a nuclear weapon. And, the, and the, this is ridiculous overreach. And this is only going to play into Trump's wheelhouse. He's emerged yet again as the center of attention. He's what we're talking about. Not Biden and inflation, not the party of the Republican Party moving on from Donald Trump, but his victimization, which actually looks correct. And one of the signs outside of Trump's house among some of the Trump supporters protesting was, when are they going to raid Hunter's house? And this is the next point. This whataboutism, that, that, that Trump is alleging that the deep state is skewed to try to get him and no one else, which actually sounds paranoid until you realize that you can be paranoid and correct. At the same time, the investigation into Hillary Clinton's dirty tricks during the campaign of 2016 continues to not meet with any mainstream media attention. Imagine it were the other way along. Let's do a thought experiment. Let's imagine there were a movie starring inevitably Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep, done by Steven Spielberg and the rest of the lovies of the Democratic Party in Hollywood. And imagine a Republican had done what I'm about to say rather than Hillary Clinton. And imagine the outrage. We'd never hear the end of this. If the Republican Party had hired through a law firm so that the DNC or the RNC wasn't seen as culpable and the Trump administration wasn't seen as culpable and they'd hired a law firm who then, to cut things out further, hired an opposition research firm that thought Trump had to be stopped at all costs, that then hired people to spin yarns that they knew weren't true, and then they left this information for the media and then weaponized this information knowing it wasn't true by giving it to the FBI and the Department of Justice we would never hear the end of this. This would be Nixon 2, headline after headline. But because it's Hillary Clinton, the mainstream media, beclowning itself yet again, is doing crickets. There's not a sound out there about what's going on. And this is outrageous, and Trump is right to bring this up. The justice only works one way. So you're not going to investigate Obama and Clinton for weaponizing the intelligence community and the Justice Department over what we now know were fabricated assertions that were known at the time to be fabricated that Clinton certainly didn't want anybody to know about because she did a cutout by hiring through the DNC a law firm that then hired an opposition research firm. They obviously don't want their fingerprints on this, and yet out it comes. And this isn't being investigated. There are no raids on Clinton's house or Obama's house or any of the clowns in the intelligence community who knew better but wanted to stop Trump at all costs. Hunter Biden, who is uh, 
cornucopia of corruption. This isn't mentioned. They're not going to raid Hunter's house. Again, the lady's sign was, when is the raid going to happen on Hunter's house? That Hunter Biden has been, despite having no talents whatsoever, has made a fortune peddling his family's name. This is influence peddling. I don't care even whether it's illegal or not. It's immoral that he and Jim Biden, the president's brother, have made a career out of their last name. Hunter Biden served on a Ukrainian gas firm despite having no expertise whatsoever in energy and served on a multinational in China, a state-owned enterprise, despite having absolutely no PhD that I know of in anything. The fact that he can walk upright after what he's done to himself is a miracle and that he's somehow seen as an expert. His only expertise was his last name and everyone knows it. And rather than investigate this, you're going after Donald Trump for taking documents um, out of the White House which is certainly not something that he should do, but doesn't begin to compare to the influence pending, peddling and the corrupt abuse of power that's now clear from the Clinton people. And so Trump's longstanding assertion, unbelieved by the mainstream media because they hate him so much that there are two sides to justice and that the scales are not weighed evenly, is just being proven true. And so they're giving fuel to Trump's fire and the Republican Party is being forced, even the people who have grave misgivings about him, to rally round former President Trump for what is an egregious overreach by the Department of Justice. If all this is, is about those documents, this is an overreach. And worse, it makes true Trump's point that there's two scales of justice, that the deep state the establishment in Washington, the Department of Justice, the intelligence community, Hollywood, the media, academia, the institutions of America are firmly in the tank now for the Democratic Party. They always leaned Democratic, but again, you hope for more. When Walter Cronkite at CBS News said after the Tet Offensive that the United States was losing the war in Vietnam, Lyndon Johnson in despondency, shut off the television and said, we've just lost Vietnam because we've lost Cronkite, meaning we've lost middle America. I imagine Walter Cronkite was probably a Democrat. Certainly most of the folks at CBS were, but they were taken seriously to report the news objectively enough that people who were Republicans bothered listening to them. That's not what's happening anymore. And all these groups now piling on Trump for this is only going to create a backlash, which actually forces Trump to decide to run earlier for president, unwittingly reunifies the party around Trump just as it was beginning to break its grip from Donald Trump and viable alternatives such as Governor DeSantis emerged. And so there will be a huge backlash to what's just gone on, and it will all be to the betterment of Donald Trump. And this is the political risk reality of what they've done in overreaching again and listening only to themselves in the echo chamber, they've forgotten the rest of the country. Unwittingly, the last thing this can do might be to make independents have another look at him, that they'll say, we, we are nauseated by some of the things President Trump says, and on January 6th did, but we see this now as persecution, victimization by a Biden-led Department of Justice, and as the Republicans in the House have said, soon-to-be Speaker of the House McCarthy said, to, to Garland, you better clear your schedule and not burn any of those documents because people are going to want to know how these decisions were made. There's going to be investigations into how this has gone on. And all this is done 
is repolarize a country that was just beginning to come to terms with itself. And so this will be horrendous blowback. It will lead to a further coarsening of America, further polarization. And unwittingly, the Democrats have just given Donald Trump, the man that they hate most, a lifeline. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed this. Needed to get this off my chest this morning. Uh, you can hear the phone ringing off the hook in the background. So I've got to get on with the rest of the day. What I wanted to get this around the world in 20 minutes out there to you as fast as I could. Please do subscribe for those of you who haven't yet. And again, I'm about to go have that vaunted espresso. Please do give the $70 a year we need to keep our little local paper to the world and keeping you as up to date as we could, literally up to the day on what's going on. To do that, we're asking for only $70 a year when you get unbiased coverage of political risk in a way you don't in the mainstream media anymore and a far better call record. Take care and have a great day.